Sigurd Larsen is a Berlin-based Danish architect who founded his studio back in 2010. And with work spanning across Europe and across many different functions, Sigurd Larsen has consistently combined the aesthetics of high-quality materials and concepts while focusing on functionality in such complex contexts. And today we will converse about his design approach that I'm sure a lot of people can learn from. So thank you so much, Sigurd, for being here. Yeah, no problem at all. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So will you first tell us about yourself, your studio, and how it started? Uh, yeah, well, um, the studio was founded a little over 10 years ago. And um, I started it here in Berlin after I lived here only for a, a little over a year. Um, I'm originally from Denmark uh, and I studied architecture in, in Copenhagen. And then after my studies, I, I, I moved to Berlin. And shortly after I, I founded um, the company here. And uh, the intention back then was to start in a smaller scale and then work up from there, so to speak. So we, we did a lot of furniture design in the beginning, which um, slowly qualified us to do some uh, interior work for like hotel rooms and, and showrooms and other things. And then, uh, yeah, we got, we got trusted to do a, a whole building. The first houses we built were, were in Denmark. And then, uh, yeah, we started building in uh, Germany and over the years also in, in France, Austria, Greece and uh, Switzerland. No. Austria, I think I said already, and um, most of the things we build now is, is in uh, in Berlin and, and sort of northern Germany. Uh, so it's a bit it's a bit spread out. Um, and yeah, the, the scale that we work in is very much around um, the sort of the smaller scale of architecture. I think our biggest project is two thousand square meters, um, and then. Uh, yeah, we go very much into detail with the projects we do. We, we very often end up designing the furniture for the house. Um, mm -hmm. We help finding the products for the inside. Uh, with many projects that we do right now, we also design the exterior space, the garden around um, the place, um, sometimes in collaboration with a gardener or landscape architect. But uh, we, we try to actually yeah, not, not stop designing at the wall, but, but design uh, everything around as a kind of Gesamtkunstwerk, which, which I think is a fairly Danish approach. Uh, the Danish designers and architects tend to want to do <laughs> everything from, from one hand. And uh, yeah, that, that's something we very much do here, although it's a bit untypical in Germany. Mm. So I guess uh, you can explain about your design approach, but uh, uh, what was the main bit inspiration behind it? Um, well. I, I, it's hard for me to say something general about how we design everything because we we actually like very much to let every product be uh, or every project be its own little world. Uh, we, we try to first gather a lot of information about the, the site where we are. So the way we design a house in Greece is radically different from how we design uh, a house in, in, in Germany, for example, um, although it has exactly the same design brief. But what we need to take into consideration is the uh, well, the building law, the local building law, um, the input of the local climate uh, conditions in terms of uh, yeah, anything from earthquake to, uh, to heat to, to, the, to the seasons changing. Um, but also the local knowledge. Um, in, in, in some countries, they are very good at working with a certain material and uh, basically don't have craftsmanship available for, for another kind of material. So um, right now we're building a hotel on, on Crete in, in Greece. And here we were looking into actually working a lot with wood for sustainability reasons and due to the fact that it's an earthquake region. So learning a bit from Japanese architecture. And it turned out that, I mean, there's been people living on that island for thousands of years and, and they have always built in stone. So why is that? And then it's a part of our learning process to figure out why 
why do they build the way they build on that island? Is it is it why, why how do how do traditions actually emerge? Where do they come from? Because you you could say it would maybe be smart to build with wood on that island, but on the other hand, there are many other factors such as the salt water and humidity and other things involved. So we so we we, we try to work our way into all these factors and then let that be the inspiration of the project. So so our design process is I think very much. Um, related to, to understanding the local culture and, and, and having a, a learning process about that and actually being very open-minded to that. And including that is also the cultural context of, uh, of, of, of the local knowledge, you know, what, what can they actually do in this, in this local region? So we, so we in the end are able to work with local companies rather than importing uh, Danish um, carpenters to, <laughs> to, to wherever we build in the world, but rather, but rather try to, to you know, work our way into that, that context. That's amazing. So, and then since you earlier mentioned that you started from designing furniture and smaller scale stuff, how do you bring human skill approach to architecture skill and then even further to landscape or to environmental skill? Well, I think when we work with, with mostly um, uh, private homes or, or hotels, I find it very easy to kind of live myself into into the situation of being the one living in the house in the future. So I think when we when we're sitting there with the floor plans, I, I feel it's quite easy to to imagine how it is. Where do you want to sit at what time of the day? Where does the sun sort of move? Where is it in the morning? Where is it in the afternoon? And try to create situations in the house. And and therefore, in, in, in our floor plans from the beginning on, we actually furnish everything. We draw we draw every detail. We draw every corner of the garden. At what time of the day is it nice to sit? Where and so on. Um, so so I think we, we live ourselves very much into <laughs> into how it is to 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 be there in the future. And I think a part of that is basically to work with with the interior exterior all of that at the same time so you can you can have it all in your head and then then you're not later on surprised about oh what wouldn't it have been nice to do this differently because actually it's impossible to put furniture into this room so we 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 think it all together at once and i think that's makes it a bit easier to 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 control um yeah the design process in that sense so I think with, with the human scale, to me, that's always very much related to 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 the to the smaller things in the house, the the furniture, the things that actually touches your body, and the, the height of them, the dimensions of them. All of that taken into consideration while actually designing the whole house. I, I don't see that as two different uh, things that are that are separated from each other. And then, how do you extend, you know, the mindset of functionality as a way of nurturing the natural environment as well? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's it's in in a way I don't think it's that complicated. <laughs> I and I also like things to be uncomplicated in many ways. So so the way things work, I think it's often down to to a very sort of basic human human need of of how to how to make things functional. But again, here, what, what, what I'm personally interested in here, again, is to understand the cultural differences in, in where we work. In, in the first house we built in Austria, we learned <clears throat> that, uh, that when, when you visit a home in Austria, which I've done many times, uh, I'm also married to an Austrian, so I, <laughs> I've been to many Austrian homes, you actually only make it to the kitchen. As a guest, you hardly ever make it to the living room. The living room is much smaller and behind the kitchen. And then you're sitting on typically on a corner bench inside of the kitchen talking to the person cooking and, and that's where the social life happens that's kind of the public space in your house that's a little bit different in scandinavia in scandinavia you you do have an open kitchen that that people are the guests are also coming into 
but you're, you're mostly sitting in the sofa in the, in the living room, a little bit more comfortable. Or if you go to the Arab world, you, you, you see how people are sitting up against the wall on, on carpets or pillows. And then when you enter the room, you're actually in the middle of a circle. So, so you've, you're quite welcome. There's this kind of sort of gesture that you, you enter the middle of the circle as you enter the room, where in Scandinavia, we sit around a table and the person who enters the room is actually outside of that circle. And I think all these things are related to functionality, but they are even more related to a cultural sort of, um, you know, differences that are that are extremely interesting to, to look at as, as, an, as a designer, I think. So, so when we build these houses, we also try very much to learn how, how do people actually interact in those rooms? How, how, do, how do you have guests in this room? How do you, how do you, have, a, how do you have a private life? How protected do you want to feel if you're home alone? You know, we have sometimes made houses where you were quite exposed, lots of glass and very, lots of transparency. And then it turned out, but when you're home alone, you don't want it to be that way. So then we need to also be able to shut, shut off the house a little bit more so you feel more protected inside of it. So that's, that's functionality, but it's also in many ways cultural um, sort of you know, specific ideas about how to interact with the home, which, which I find extremely interesting to look at. And I find it a big privilege for us that we get to work in so many different uh, cultural contexts because then it's, it's always this learning process and it's like you know it's like a journey you uh, you, you go to another culture and, and in, you you figure out how it works there and accept the terms and try to design on on that base. Yeah, in other words, it's simply just becoming considerate of how people will use the place and about what the users need, right? Um, yeah, being wanting to learn more about that is key to making uh, a nice project. Yeah. Uh, will you tell us more about the Glasshouse project and what did you try to accomplish through the design? Yeah, um, yeah. the Glasshouse is our, our most recent project. Um, they, they started using it this, uh, this summer. It's fairly close to Berlin. It takes a little over an hour to drive up there uh, in, in a forest uh, sort of landscape overlooking a valley. Um, the, the, the process behind the house was quite funny because in the beginning we had a, we had a flat roof uh, planned and uh, with the purpose of letting the, the neighbors behind us keep their view over the, over the landscape and due to the fact that we actually wanted to build a fairly small house um, for, for budget reasons also and uh, yeah, for, for the fact that we didn't need anything more than that, there was, you know, it was intended that you would spend a lot of time outside when you're there. Um, it's in a little village where all the all the um, neighbor houses have pitched roofs, but behind us there's also um, a concrete factory that has a big flat roof. So we try to tell a story of actually, you know, building ourselves into a, a physical context, not only of the pitched roof houses, but also the factory uh, in, in, the, in the nearby surroundings. But that that didn't actually they didn't accept that at the at, at the building authorities, they said, "No, your context is the uh, is the other house, is not 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 the more dominant and, and much more physically present factory nearby." And um, so they they told us we have to reach a height of, of seven meters, and we were already talking about how nice the the roof uh, the the view would be from the roof, and maybe we should make a terrace up there so we could make like a green roof, and you could be on that green roof. We had all these dreams about sitting up there. Mm, and then in the end, the compromise became that we just put basically a greenhouse on top of the house so that we could reach those seven meters that, uh, that, that, that came out of the mind of the person working with the building authorities, which is often how it works in Germany. Um, so so you, you kind of you have a dialogue. You, you can't necessarily very precisely read from the beginning on what you're allowed to and what you're allowed to. So you make a proposal and then you discuss it and then you get some 
yeah, obstructions or whatever, and then you <laughs> you work after that. Um, but with the glass house, to be honest, I'm I'm very happy about the outcome of it because that room upstairs became a highlight in the house i think it, it's a it's a it's a room that 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 happened because we we had to do it it of course consumed more materials and other things so it, it would have been more sustainable you can say without but on the other hand we, we couldn't get the building permission without so we we had to sort of um inflate the house uh, bigger so it would reach those magic uh, seven meters but in this case I'm, I'm i'm extremely happy about it actually because that room upstairs that we made which we try to make without consuming too many materials it's, it's not a part of the insulated house um and it's still usable for something so it's not complete nonsense um so we made it accessible and then you can sit up there um it works like a greenhouse basically uh, so it's not heated in the winter and it's not um, artificially cooled down so you have about in, in, in the northern european climate uh, you have about i would say eight to ten months a year where it's super nice to sit up there in the summer you would rather be in the garden in the winter you stay downstairs in the in the insulated part of the house um, and there's a sort of a natural ventilation up there. It's, it's open on the sides and stuff like that. Uh, so it's a really, really fun space and, and definitely they, they use it a lot. And, and, and every time I talk with them, they, uh, they are up there and, and they, are, they are sitting there. We just had a very nice and, and mild uh, autumn. So it's been a very, very nice first uh, season for, for that type of space. Um, they have absolutely amazing sunsets up there because it's looking west over the valley. And you see a little bit more of the landscape when, you, when you're up on the, on the first floor uh, height. You can actually see down to a lake that you can see from the ground floor. Um, so, so they obviously spend a lot of time there. So it's, it's a bit of an event for them to, to go up there in, in the late part of the day and, and see, the, see the sunset uh, and sit up there. So, so we installed a bathtub there now so they can sit in the bathtub and <laughs> see the view. And then they, they, they change it a little bit from time to time. They, in the beginning, they had a workspace up there. So they put up a big desk. Uh, they put a lot of pillows on the floor so they can lay there. So it's a, it's a, it's a rather undefined space which is now both a bathroom and a workspace and a living room, um, which is, I'm extremely interested in. I'm, I'm so excited to see how, how, how that develops over time. It's a little bit new for us, I think, that we do, that, that we build an undefined space. Most of the houses we have built are actually quite modest in, in size and scale and, and budget. So we had to be very you know, practical with, with every, every square meter that we did had a purpose somehow. And for the first time, we did just a, a vast space of, of, of you know, step number one, it was, it was nothing programmed. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally into that now. We have, uh, <laughs> we have more of that in, in current projects coming. So, yeah, I think the story of that house is, is in many ways a little bit of, of the sort of randomness of, 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 of building laws in Germany. But I think in this case turned into something very positive and very inspiring and something that I'm super interested in. So I hope we can make that twist in projects in, in the future, because it is a part of the reality for, for architects to work under these conditions of yeah, laws and other things. There's so many factors in what we do that we, that we have to adapt to. And yeah, I think the success of a project is, of course, very much related to in which extent we are able to turn that into something operative and something positive. Yeah, it must be really fulfilling to design something that the people enjoy and also extend the function of the space, right? Now it becomes another program to mm. add as a hobby or as an activity. So it's really nice. Um, lastly, what is your take on architecture and its place and role in the world that we live in now? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a big question. I mean, 
we as architects famously, and that's being repeated, I think in nine out of 10 lectures that, that we do for, for each other and other interested people, uh, the amount of material and, and energy consumption that, that the built environment is, is consuming is, is a responsibility that, that we, together with the lawmakers and, and, and the clients who, who finance architecture uh, uh, is responsible for. So the, the, the material consumption is, uh, is extremely, uh, important of course and then how we heat the buildings the situation in europe changed a lot obviously in february in terms of delivery of, of energy and uh, the result of that we saw immediately in the projects we're doing so everything we have started designing after february 22 uh, needs to be off grid somehow that that's the new thing so so we, we are working our way into that immediately so Everything we do always responds to to immediate changes in society. When when the pandemic um, came around, we every new project had a home office, <laughs> and every hotel had a co work space, um, and and that's that that is uh, you know the, the mobility of work became an immediate reaction of, of something worldwide, and I think it's it's easy to ad adapt to these things, and it's something we take into consideration. And sometimes, you know, you also need, uh, I wouldn't say need, uh, but sometimes a catastrophe um, accelerates the tempo in which, for example, the lawmakers are also willing to, to open up for, for new things, uh, which, which we, of course, embrace. I, I don't want to celebrate catastrophes in that sense, but on the other hand, to, to, to find something positive in all this, it is the, uh, the tempo in which suddenly things can happen. And I'm very happy to see that, and I see, now a, a quick acceleration in 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 in, in you know the, the mindset of people in terms of, of sustainability and, and, and other things that we've actually been talking about for the last 20, 30 years. But sometimes you know starting the whole society and and and, and the lawmakers and everything around is like starting an old locomotive. <laughs> you know, it, it, it starts slow. So I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much. My personal takeaway is uh, to add personal touch and wanting to know more and be, be there in every project that because you've been so hands-on with your project. So you learn more and can make meaningful additions to uh, things that you leave open, like the Glasshouse project or other projects as well. So I think it can make very successful outcomes because of that. So thank you so much for inspiring us to do that. Yeah, well, thanks a lot for, uh, for reaching out. It was very interesting talking to you.